Hey, Tucker. Hey, Todd. This part's going to be pre-recorded, so act professional, okay? I'll do my best. This is the Tucker and Toddcast, a podcast in which we write adventure stories for our YouTube sketch show. I'm Tucker. And I'm Todd. Okay, now we can get on to the show. Hooray! <sighs> Confetti. Okay. Welcome, Craig, and your hot new bod. Welcome, Craig, and your hot new bod. I mean, technically, I guess he doesn't even really... I guess he has it, right? It's just... It's a firmware. He has it. It's it's just not fully functional yet. I forgot. He doesn't, he doesn't have the spinning boner attachment yet. Oh, boy. I guess it's a little early in the, in the cast to be getting into that kind of material. Oh, yeah, yeah, you gotta wait for two minutes to elapse. <laughs> Is it two minutes? I think somebody said it's it's essentially it's around 30 seconds, but to be safe, go two minutes. Somehow I highly doubt it's 30 seconds. It's probably a percentage of the video's overall duration. It could be. But then again, I don't know. I think if I, I think if you have a 10 minute video versus a one hour and 47 minute video, I think you end up with the same buffer zone. Well, I've already dashed it. I guess so. Well, actually, I don't I don't know. I thought it was so funny. I didn't even practice it, but I had the idea in my head that this week the episode was going to start with me like doing the the YouTuber, the podcaster welcome intro energy. Oh, if you have some of that, I'd love to hear it. I'm going to see if I can do it without um, immediately losing faith in it or just laughing at it. <clears throat> I'm immediately self-conscious. I don't like it. <laughs> just proceed. Pitter patter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tucker and Toddcast. Smash that like button. Blow your mom. I don't know what comes next. <laughs> Blow your mom. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, Smash the like button. Subscribe. What's the other thing you're supposed to do? Comment down below. Like, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to smash your Valentine's Day partner. Lightly tap your Valentine's Day partner. Give him or her a firm swat across the ass. And for all UNBs. And all other configurations of being. Yes, welcome to the Tucker and Toddcast. This is the this is the energy. Bring it down here. Yeah, that's about where I, you know, kind of just idle. Standard. Reside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, within those margins. Just, <laughs> Pretty okay. close. Pretty close to the white note, in fact. Just kind of, uh... A thrum, you might say? I would indeed say. Not quite a hum. I think a thrum is different from a hum, but they're in the same family. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't pay any attention in music class, but a thrum to me sounds like it's got a little bit more bass to it. Probably, yeah. Some Something that you feel as much as you hear. So would you like to introduce tonight's uh, sketch premise? Yeah, I think we had the majority of it kind of nailed down, but I think there were still kind of some loose threads. So we are we are picking up essentially from where we left off last week. Tucker and Todd are still in the outside. They've been, they were sent there at the end of the last season. And Straight Woman, Plato, and Craig. Did we have a third? Was Stan with them? I can't remember. Stan, I think just Stan is definitely with them. He's the one who keeps changing the radio station. Oh, you're right. I thought it would be funny if we came back to the studio finally at the end of this season and Craig uh, Stan has just been in the whole time reading his magazine. You know what? I think he should just go missing somewhere in the last episode, and that's where everyone finds him. Oh, he got bored? Yeah, he, just, he got tired of this whole adventure thing, so he went home. 
That is funny. So yeah, so we have we have those are we are separated in our two parties, and so we have our A plot and our B plot, and I guess they're not even A. We have one A and one B. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of they're kind of juggling as to yeah. which one gets to be prominent because they both matter. Uh, but they're not necessarily. Eventually, the the goal is for them to meet up, but I don't think we have any plans on how that will occur, or why, or any of that. We're just kind of allowing it to drift for a bit and doing some paranormal Twilight Zone episodes. And so this week, because to, well, we're recording on Valentine's Day, it won't come out on Valentine's Day, but we're gonna do a Valentine's Day episode. Hey, for all the Valentine's people out there. Yeah, and I thought I, I like I thought I was just going to call it the Valentine's Day episode, and that's why I kind of thought maybe I should dress that up in a goofy pun, and maybe it needed a Val in time uh, episode title as well as a character named Val. I don't know if you want to do that. Do we want a character Val who's lost in time, or goes? I mean, I time? I don't see why somebody named Val couldn't be on this particular show and get cast into the void. We had talked. We were talking a little bit about different versions of uh, death loops and time travel lost lostness, and I don't know if we had actually come up with a good, like, thorough premise for the lost. My my version of the going back, like, people move forward in time and you get left alone. If we wanted to do that as just, I didn't have a whole plot for it. That could be a. That's what happens to Val. She gets lost in time. Uh, she just disappears. She she gets desynchronized by a second and winks out of existence. That would be all it would take, too. And that's definitely one of the things that could happen to somebody who gets dropped into the wormhole, which we should probably introduce because the opening for tonight is going to be on a on a TV show set in the apocalypse. Oh, so is the TV show in? The, oh, right. It's the apocalypse. It's not uh, getting names for things confused. So, yes, it's it's in in the it is in the real world. The real world is not reality. It's a fictitious world that it wraps around itself. It's an Ouroboros of fiction. How is that? That's exactly what it is. is Ouroboros? Ouroboros? It's a snake biting on its own tail, and that'll have to do. Yeah. Is that a funny thing? A libertarian Ouroboros? It's a flag and it's eating itself and it says, uh, don't chew on me or something like that. I always liked it better as a Mobius strip anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Mobius? An Amogus? Is that a thing? No. We an Amobius. We can't allow it to be a thing. Um. No, where were we? We're just about to introduce... This piece of reality TV that is still being produced and aired despite the fact that we're in the midst of an apocalypse. Right. Okay, so here, I guess, here's one of my questions, I guess, as we launch into it. The 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 premise that we're starting off with, which is going to introduce our episode, is a single small sketch. Or I, guess, I don't even know what we're calling a single small sketch. It's starting off with a, a a reality dating show. Is it like Big Brother style? There's a bunch of people competing to pair up with each other and there's hidden cams. I think maybe there's a bunch of guys hoping to pair up with Val. Just one oh, lady. Oh, they're all competing. It's it's the which one is it? The Bachelor or the Bachelorette? Anyways, the Bachelorette is when the girl is the one being fought for. OK, well, it, yeah, that's the one we're going for. It's one lady and a whole bunch of simps because this is the Valentine's Day episode. And she's going to, even though the losing contestants get tossed in the wormhole, because why not make the apocalypse part of the spectacle? This is reality television where standards go to die. 
but ev- eventually Val is going to accidentally get sucked into it too. Interesting. In the ca- in, since since the contestants are all are all men in this case who are simping for the the the, the prize, I guess we're going to call her. Should we degrade it so much as that we just call her the prize? objectifying um but i was gonna say is she not there then is she like an e-girl is she on the other end of an internet connection somewhere to to really lean into the parasocial bit of it is do do we want to degrade her her as well as them well i i I don't here i don't want to degrade her but i i do want to parody the powers that be that do degrade and objectify the people in these circumstances all right then everybody can or i suppose the the tv program hosts at the very least can refer to her as the prize and the way they talk should probably make it clear that they're total dickheads okay there you go yeah i guess the way to do that yeah i was gonna say the producers and all that make them just like genuinely like like greasy and sleazy yeah unpleasant people who have bad ideas and improper ways of thinking and they can they can objectify her and are they all dressed up in like BDSM outfits because they're sadomasochists or like are we represent are we making them like look evil in some way? If you want, you can give them greased up mustaches, but they're probably just old timey, you know, older white men in business suits types. OK, because that's probably the most villainous thing I can think of. A slicked up white man. Yeah. Uh, an older TV producer guy who happens to be uh, past middle age and, and white. Uh, currently, they are the most villainous figures imaginable, almost to the point of being cartoonish levels of evil. Like one of them should probably be Kevin Spacey. Oh, that's interesting. OK, we can come back to that. I do want to get into how it is being presented, I guess, the the opening of the show. Is it is it uh, like the the whoever the host of the show is the Ryan Seacrest? I can't remember the I think Chris Hansen is the bachelor one. The host, the hey, and we is that back. Chris Hansen? He did date night to catch a predator. Oh, right. That's Chris Hansen. What's I think there's a guy. Although I think it would be pretty awesome if Chris Hansen was inviting in these guys and asking them to have a seat over there. Oh, the bachelor host was Chris Harrison. That's why I got it confused. Well, it's Chris Hansen now. OK, Chris Hansen is the host of this. That is funny. Well, I don't think he should be the uh, the voiceover host. I think the voiceover host should be a really high level of enthusiasm kind of guy, just like you were aiming at a little while ago, that presenter energy. Okay, yeah. yeah. But I think Chris Hansen should be on the floor. Uh, he should be the one who interviews, you know, the the guys, the male contestants. Like the stuff Jeff like that. Probst? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. And and as he's about to interview them, he has to ask them if they'll, they could just have a seat over here. Just Just have a seat over there. So the the scene that it opens on is it is it kind of like the equivalent of the the voting ceremony like is it at the end of an episode of that show or are we kind of in the middle where they're doing kind of the uh, talking head interviews or whatever a challenge or a date? Do we want to you know in Medias Res show up halfway in the middle of it or close probably close to the end? Yeah, I was kind of thinking of like because, we're back uh, to the last commercial break, which means that we need the uh, the enthusiastic voiceover man to reintroduce everybody because we know that the standard attention span of tv watchers is really short so they need to be hand fed all the information again as soon as the commercial break is over because you're okay so you're to establish you were saying that the the 
so each episode, if it's a group of men that's being whittled down, the loser contestants get ejected into uh, a semi-stable wormhole that's connected to the outside. Yeah. The the idea being that the apocalypse is going on all over these these wormholes are opening up and blinking out and causing chaos to to uh, rain. <laughs> the only thing chaos can ever do is rain. And unscrupulous individuals are going to go ahead and point a camera at it. Yeah, there's we can capitalize on this, boys. It's right next to the studio. We may as well start shooting. What what desperate losers can we get onto our show? Well, that's probably exactly how it happened too. it. The wormhole opened up and half this half of the set probably got sucked in. And one of the cameramen probably tried to run away and a producer shot him down. And he's like, what do you think you're doing? Keep rolling. <laughs> it's the, the thing where the, the, the cameraman is like hanging onto the edge of a chasm and he's about to like scramble up. But the producer steps on his hand. Yeah. Don't you dare stop. This is gold. You want Tommy to have braces, don't you? Yeah, completely out of touch with reality. The only thing that matters is, you know, short-term quarterly gains and finishing this episode under budget. Precisely. Okay, so it's the end of that episode. So they are, are they, is the ceremony, because I'm imagining it now that we're doing a bachelor thing, they have the rose ceremony, right? Where she says, you get a rose, you get to stay next week. Whoever doesn't get a rose is getting canned. Um, so are they all like, in a it's the it's the it's i don't know whatever their equivalent of a rose is what would what is a mouse is this a are we doing like a is it an e-girl who's the prize or is it kind of like a normal person uh she should probably be a, a normal ish person i don't i don't know if i want to do the e-girl thing we're already doing the simp thing yeah uh as for is what she it somebody is worth simping over she certainly is to all of these television executives and Everybody knows that if you give somebody a reputation, the Sims will come. As for the rose, I don't know if it should be. I mean, I don't think it should be a mouse. Maybe it should be something that's related to the current apocalypse. Uh, one thing regarding the uh, why the they're simping is it because she is something to she has like a timepiece of some kind. She has a watch and she tells them the time and it has something to do with like the only reason that they they're so excited about her presence is because she gave them the time of day. Interesting. She was she was polite to them once. And according to all of them, that that definitely counts as flirting. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to kind of harness put a zoom in on that little bit. You're of trying to harness the incel energy. <laughs> yeah. Or at least put a little in this, like focus in this case, it. in this case, they're simping for her because she's a female on a screen. They they happen to have been able to sign up and they're just here. This is the closest they've been to a woman. Oh, is that the joke that is so like, you know how on a, a on a dating show she is there? I'm, I'm just processing thoughts like on, on, on old, whatever the match game was or a blind date or whatever, not a blind date, but they would have screens, bachelor number one, bachelor number two. They couldn't see each other because they were between screens. Maybe this time she's on a screen and these guys are all like she's in the same room or she's in another room in the same studio. But their only interactions with her have been to like talk to her on a screen, like back and forth through a like a, a zoom, not a zoom chat, but you know how they do on TV. A uh, what do you call that? A simulcast or whatever. Yeah. And so 
they're all enthused with her as she's talking to the, the through the screen. Maybe her being on the screen is what gives them the courage to talk to her. And then when they finally come out and meet her, they're either not uh, into her anymore because she is there, or the is the old. I mean, I don't want to do the old gag of they're just like rendered speechless. That's dumb. Well, if anybody decides they're not into her, they go they get chucked in the pit. So, well, I mean, I don't. Them. Do we get to the point where they do actually meet her in person? Uh, probably. I thought you wanted to do a, uh, a bit right, more of a direct dating show where they were interacting more directly. I did. I'm try- like I said, I'm processing it. I mean, I'm all for playing the dating game, but that's that's more. That was more of a question and answer game. And if she liked your answers, then you proceed to the next stage, which is fine, too, because if these guys don't come up with good answers, we can chuck them in the hole. Yeah, but I did want them dating each other. That would be, I mean, I guess that's an interesting concept, a show of like distance dating. They do all the dating over texting, but they're all living in the same house at the same time. I I have a thought about a big round table and they're all out on a date at once. And she actually just like eliminates them one by one as the evening progresses just throughout one date. So like every episode is like 20 new guys and they just get like speed eliminated. It might be a new woman every time, too. Oh, OK, I get it. But. Yeah, I'd like 20 guys and they're all just at one big table and she's dating them all at once, just all on one date. And the instant one of them says like the wrong thing, she just looks to somebody off camera and makes a gesture and he's hauled off. Just like one wrong move, one wrong word, anything that gives her a little bit of weird energy, anything that makes her slightly uncomfortable or disinterested, you're immediately disqualified. And so if we're going to come in at the end of the episode... What we'll find is that most of the contestants, all but five, have already been eliminated. So we're at the last five and that the date is still going on They're They're just about to serve, I don't know, either the second course or we're about to make it to dessert. And then maybe we'll go see a movie after. Just imagine if a couple of these guys talk at the theater. Holy fuck, I'd have them executed. I'm trying to think of like how we can draw parallels to how it actually does work in in not not in in the world of like parasocial relationships and, and internet simping and that sort of thing. And it would be kind of funny if because we're going to have these. So Val goes missing. Is it Val that's going to go missing? Val goes missing eventually. But first, they all have to be simping over her and offering to buy all of her stuff like like all of them buy her popcorn. So she now has a mountain of popcorn. Are we going to have a focus of like a specific character who's going to become like who we follow after to like transition away from this whole thing, though? Because I think we're, oh, I think we're getting away from this. The, this just- the transition, the transition away from the show is actually to follow somebody through the wormhole. OK, OK, because then um, we're going to be in the outside and then we can go find us. And so, did, OK, did you imagine that? Because uh, so do we th- still think that's some of the simps? Yeah, probably, because. As the show progresses and like, let's say one or two guys get eliminated. So there's only a few contenders left. Val is going to accidentally wind up getting sucked into the wormhole. And then the producers who decide whatever on with the show, they just turn it into a let's go ahead and throw everybody in. Okay. so they they turn it into a full. I don't I don't know. Either they draw straws. One got last man standing some kind of competition. But the, they systematically chuck the rest of them into the wormhole so that there's still, you know, something to put in the show since it ended prematurely with Val's disappearance. Oh, so they send in camera crews in and everything? Well, no, they, they just 
it becomes a survive a game of survivor only there is no survivor nobody wins everybody loses but they they the cameras watch everybody get systematically tossed into the wormhole the last contenders oh okay it's just it's just made a game out of to see who goes first and then we follow the last one into the outside that's the end of that segment i thought it would be we kind leave of leave it behind I thought it would be funnier if we link, we came back to the show at some point. So we we at this point just get rid of these two contestants. Contestants they go chasing to the wormhole, but the show carries on. And then at the end, there are several contestants, the top five or the top three or whatever. They get to the end, and somebody thinks though this is the last episode of the finale. And on the show, they say, "Okay, and you've won. You're a couple now." Blah blah blah. Cameras cut, and they go, "We're in love." Blah blah blah, and they go, "No." She has a boyfriend and the contestants are like, what? And they're like, yeah, this is a show, guys. You didn't think that you were just going to play this game for so long. And all of a sudden she was going to be your girlfriend. But we we bought her a ring. We we donated her all this money. Yeah, but you were given that money by the show. This is a production, fellas. You guys are stupid. I think it's important that they they exhaust a lot of their own personal finances. They're still simping after all. But I think. I think that should probably be the part that occurs right before they all start getting tossed into the wormhole. Oh, I feel, which part? That's that's when the simps start, you know, becoming outraged. What do you mean she's not my girlfriend? Oh no, I thought that would be the end of this episode as a, like a bookend. We have a whole adventure where we figure that we've we've departed from the show. We are assuming you know how the Simpsons starts with like a 5-minute thing and then the rest of the episode has nothing to do with that. I yes. was thinking that would be this. And then we think that the show is going to have nothing to do with that show again. And then right at the end, we see the, the final uh, turnout. All right. Then I've, I've got it worked out in my mind now. OK. Instead of everybody getting tossed in, it becomes a game of elimination where all but one guy gets tossed in. So the, the survivor gets declared the winner. And then we follow the last, the, the basically the penultimate contestant into the wormhole. And then it's only at the end of the show when we go back to see that last survivor getting interviewed by Chris Hansen. He's like, what do you mean she's not my girlfriend? This is a television program. This is fiction. And so whoever goes, so they, whoever ends up through the, the teleported. So departing from the show, are we going immediately to the outside to meet up with Tucker and Todd? Or are we going back to the crew now? Oh, no. If we're going, we're following that wormhole into the outside and that's where we're going to be. Whether we find Tucker and Todd immediately in the outside or find something else happening in the outside, we are now in the outside. The the show perspective. And so is it following the perspective of the Sims that went in? Are we following them on a little adventure? Actually, they're probably just like floating through the void. And then the camera. Yeah, the camera's following them floating through the void. And as it pans, it finds us just kind of standing around. And then the camera stops on us. And those guys just continue floating right out of frame and we never see him again sims don't get adventures so so is that what this episode is doing then is just punishing all simps nope just those ones i don't think we can make an entire episode about simps and have it be worth doing or listening to okay so now that we're in the outside what's going on then when we last saw tucker and todd They had just finished reassembling a radio transmitter and had just sent a message. Miraculously enough, the message had actually gotten stuck and it took about a month or two to actually get to the real world, which means that there is uh, a temporal divide. 
does do the does do the events of the simp show this dating game occur before or after craig's reawakening did the reawakening take a month after everything started going bad or did he reawaken immediately after that happened i don't know the order of events in that there was a month that went by but was that a month for him to reawaken or a month for him to get that was it to get the new body built okay um the simp show has been going on since the the things have happened and so it's been existing for a month at least and so whether those guys went into started going into the the wormhole um presumably the scene that we were specifically describing was after the show has been on for at least part of a season so people have already been thrown into the wormhole i um, thought i thought you said it would be the season finale too which means it's been it's been going on for a little while. Did I say season finale? I think I was just saying you, it was. You the, did, but I think I was just saying it was like the last scene of an of an episode. Because uh, we did establish it each time. It's a different woman and a bunch of new simp's. So one episode is as good as any other. But yeah, right. it's it's, it's been going really on bad. for a while. And yes, Craig's reawakening occurred a month or even two after the the events on the island. It took a while to build him his new body. But that means Tucker and Todd are kind of like a month behind because uh, it had been a couple of months since uh, the the event on the island. But they only, uh, oh man, they assembled their radio machine and transmitted their message and it took two months for it to get to the crew. But does that mean Tucker and Todd have been in the outside for like two months now? Sure. Does that lend to a thing that's going to happen or? Well, that'll decide that'll decide how much they look like they've just come off the set of Road Warrior meets Jumanji. Like, are we going to have big old bushy beards now? Full. Oh, they wake from a pile of leaves in their Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, because I mean, if they've been there a while, they're now institutionalized. They're now in, you know, fallout gear. Oh, I I like. Yes, I do think we should establish that they've been there and they've they've. acclimated to their environment a little bit they've learned a few of the rules of the road that's why it's it was i wanted to establish when exactly the simp show was happening and if the simps that get stuck in the wormhole actually go back in time to where we were in the last episode which was actually two months behind the crew is there i mean would there even be a way to tell i aren't we playing with the audience's perception of where we are in time anyway, so much that it doesn't really even matter of establishing when things are occurring in relativity to each other. That's exact. Yes, but we can't play with that unless we have a general idea of when things are. And it's just now occurred to me that it would be really funny if uh, it actually only took us two days to become totally acclimated and road warrior esque in the outside not two months we've been here for two days and we're already jumanji robin williams oh is it we well we have we at least we have the confidence we do have the look but then when somebody questions man how long have you been guys been here we say oh just two days and we take our fake beard off (laughs) does it have to be fake or can it just be weird oh no it it's not it's not a fake beard it's not a beard at all. It's actually just like a furry creature you've been keeping on your face. <laughs> a thing from there that looks like facial hair. Yeah, you just kind of like pull it off. You pull it off and set it down and it like takes a bite out of something that goes away. skittering by. Okay. Or it, yeah, it chases a mouse or something. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, and we make a comment. Um, 
We're like, yeah, beard beast. They chill out if you tickle them or something like that. Yeah, you just got to give them a kiss and they just kind of stay on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of a scary little creature. Do you give it a little kiss that it, it becomes your little ooh, friend and it plays a beard? But yeah, I like the idea that we we immediately acclimated and we're like, okay, we're part of the we are we are um, what do you what do you call them? Civilians, not civilians. Survivors. Well, we're survivors. Um, I guess I was I was trying to say that we're locals, but like we immediately became locals. Transports. Oh, we're we've become native. Right. We've gone native. Yes, it took us exactly two days to go native. It. The, it's important that we give off the, the perception in multiple ways that it's been way longer than that. Because, yes, then technically these guys have transported back in time in a way. May, yeah, okay, fine. In that case, the Sims should probably meet Tucker and Todd. We're going to go ahead and have to take them on an adventure with us, aren't we? Well, see, that's why I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of compelling if Val goes missing. Everybody on the show is like, well, fuck that except for two guys who are like the actual Sims who are like, we're going to go rescue her and they meet us and we have to help them like with their little tasks since we have nothing else to do. We're just like having fun and playing in the outside. Well, yeah, I guess it's a playground to people who are so ignorant that they don't realize how incredibly dangerous the place is. Nobody else would dare to kiss a beard beast. I mean, we could have some sort of justification like we sent that signal off or it becomes like a weird, once again, like a story or a Boris of like, well, if you think about it, we sent that signal off, but that was in the last episode. And in the last episode, there was a time blip. And so technically we're in the future, but that was back then. So like we come up with a uh, a fourth wall explanation for why we're not doing anything. Oh, somebody's going to have to roll out a blackboard and like a little pointer. And and there's a bunch of chalk drawings on the blackboard that make virtually no sense. It's just a bunch of like graphs. Yeah, with a bunch of uh, like cross dissolves to, to show the time passing. So basically, there are no rules and the points don't matter. Yeah. Oh, one of us turns into Drew Carey. <laughs> just for the just for like the duration of a, a little lighthearted chuckle. Sit, sitting at that little desk thing. Yeah. I, or I, either either one of us turns into him or like we roll the blackboard out of there and he happens to have been behind it the whole time. <laughs> Then we just share a little sensible chuckle and move on. But yes, the uh, the Sims, rather than floating on past us, I suppose we will have. By this point, we're probably pretty used to trying to catch stuff. So we maybe we have like long sticks with like great big nets on them. We catch them. Oh, do we have some sort of uh, what do you call it? A uh, apparatus set up that we're using to like we're scavenging. We're trying to catch some sort of we're catching outside fish or whatever. Like yeah, it's stuff. it's like an episode of SpongeBob where we're trying to catch jellyfish. Yeah. Whoops. You're not outside fish. Yes. So we're already scavenging and, and otherwise living off the land. Oh, that's funny. The, yeah, we're trying to catch beard beasts, actually. Hey, you're not a beard beast. What's a beard beast? Yoink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this. this. Oh, man, it got away. You just got to kiss him. And the beard beast sees something that it wants scurry by and it chases after it. Just like this most this grotesque growling sound. Oh, and, and then and then it's gone. We do it. There's always a bigger fish moment where like a giant beard appears out of the ground and eats the little beard beast. Or it's not even a beard, a giant uh, pompadour. <laughs> <laughs> a bouffant, like a hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. 
something something ridiculous a big a big bouffant or a, a pompadour would be great and yeah then you can say there's always a bigger fish it comes out from under a rock and then the rock falls back down <laughs> oh like man i spent fight. all day catching that beer beast now my face is cold there's no temperature yeah the outside i haven't even begun to think about what it's its general atmosphere is like it probably has hot spots cold spots and then just like general lukewarmness for the rest of it strobing temperatures it's just just kind of like tepid and occasionally heats up or cools down for no reason like a river valley but crazy yeah of course okay so yes the uh, uh, my beard beast just got away and got eaten and all of these simps are now totally horrified whereas we are mostly nonchalant about it, except, you know, lamenting the loss of my beard beast. Of course. But are we are we actually going to like these guys? Why are we do they compel us to help them in some way? Or do they or, or is it not even a we agree to help them, but we just keep going about our like roaming around business and they don't get the hint. They think that we do like them, like they don't know how to read social cues kind of thing, which would line up with why that. Yeah, they they don't realize that we're not into it. But you know what? The boys aren't very good at reading social cues either. So we just keep going, hoping that we slowly like apart. Yeah, we might actually wind up going through the motions. At the very least, we're going to try to take them back to town. So there's like planes, trains and automobiles now. Why not? But we should we should get these these poor boys to Kansas. Okay. So this is an opportunity for another little travel scene. Maybe they even follow in our footsteps from the last time where we had the if you remember the three divergent paths, and and we don't even attempt to go into like the nicer looking paths because we know that the creepy forest is the only one that goes anywhere. They're like, wait, wait. There, one of the paths was actually just like a giant mouth. Yeah, I was going to say, is it is it that thing where we go, we immediately, because we're battle-hardened, we go down the, the dangerous-looking one, but they doubt uh, our conviction, and so they go down the nice-looking one, and it shows them the one second later, like, actually going the other direction, and they're all singed and burned? Well, I was thinking that they would, they would try going down the nicest-looking one, and we would just kind of, like, whistle at them and tell them to stop, and then we would, like, throw a rock in that direction. You know, a little bit of Indiana Jones oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it would just like snap at the rock and you just see the entire path just like close as a mouth and then <laughs> lift off. And then be like, wow, well, what about this other one that looks nicer? And be like, go ahead and try. And so yeah. they do. And then they come back all like scuffed up and and like smoldering. They're like, fine, we'll do it your way. And from there, we proceed to go through the spooky, scary forest of terrible trees that grab you. But they, they don't like carry you off or anything they just kind of like inappropriately touch you yeah they're they're gropers yeah it's oh, did, the it's the grope forest did you hear that um meta has changed the rules for their their what, horizon or whatever it's called their vr space app and you now everybody is now in a box five feet apart so that they can't grope each other yeah i expected that wouldn't have taken long no it didn't take long at all if anything it took longer than i thought it would but I did. I can't, I think it was Wired's headline was like, and this is why nobody wants VR. Yeah, no, I definitely don't want VR. All it does is give. It just lets creeps turn themselves into schoolgirls, and then try to try to grab other creeps who are school schoolgirls, and then give rules to everyone. It turns it into a big game of there's a 
piece of shit in your class who's going to make everyone else suffer because he can't behave. Yeah, pretty much. The rules have to be tailored to the worst possible person with the worst possible impulses. Whoops. So anyways, we make it to the the terrible telephone gnomes. <laughs> We're back with the gnomes and now they hate us. Yeah, they're they're at the end of the they're at the end of the grope forest on the path that leads to Kansas and of course, as soon as they see us, they're already like sending an, an angry message to the other gnomes. But it takes so long to get there. We just casually stride on by. Oh, do we do a thing where we're kind of like, you know, you know, when you become the like the highest grade in elementary, like if, if you did, did you were you in an elementary that was like K to six or anything like that? Yep. And then when you're in sixth grade, you think that you're the hottest shit in the school because now you're the oldest kids. Yep, it only lasts a year. Sorry, guys. Something like that, where we're like all cocky and we're showing the new guys around, like we're showing them around, like is the school, and they they are panicking about the telephone gnomes, and we're like, no, 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 watch this, and we go up a little bit ahead of where the message is, and we kind of like snip the line, and the message <laughs> it just kind of falls think, out and clunks to the floor. I think we should grab it and then ring it out, like grab the line and then ring it out like it's a towel, and the message just falls out. Oh, I like that. I like Instead of snipping it, we just like grab the message and feed it to a beard beast. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> but yeah, the, we treat the place like it's our turf now. We've been here for all a grand total of 48 hours and we think we know everything. Puny school, uh, puny cool kids. Yeah, which means our comeuppance is inevitable, but it's it, we're going to save it a little later. I guess do I guess we just go straight to Kansas from there. I guess we don't. Yeah, it's it's a straight shot across these uh, these gnome platforms, these really big plants that we happen to be walking across on top of. So we walk right into Kansas with more new people, which means the locals don't like that because they're already kind of isolationist and they didn't like it when we turned up. I don't know. Did we leave? Kansas in any form of di- disarray. I don't know. In my mind, I see them like patching up the windows from the last time that we like busted everything. But I guess there was there was no chaos or anything. Uh, well, I mean, we've probably been generally annoying, but that's it's kind of a funny thing that in this realm of pure chaos, we are unable to really make things worse. Things are already at their maximum, most yeah, chaotic and terrible. It's just another part of the onslaught. If anything, that's why we're getting along so well here is that we just kind of vibe with the place. Were we going to hook them up with someone like so we, we've we brought these simps. Is there some kind of uh, like Oracle or seer or something like that in the village? There is a church and there's probably why? something for them to simp over in there. Well, in I think our previous mention the shrine in that church is dedicated they're like a child of adam version of their leftover alrond uh, worshipers i think but we can change things around this can be a different point of time when whoever was there it's the uh the faith du jour well here's here's the thing is they can they can definitely be elrond cultists but the idol in the church doesn't necessarily have to originate from elrond and i was thinking that it might actually be some kind of massively temporally displaced like petrified version of val oh oh is it sort of a thing is it it, we could do some sort of goofy little sci-fi where the sooner you fell into the vortex closer to its origin point the farther back in time you went kind of thing so now we're getting into star trek but 
I I think Val might be a special case. It's probably totally random how it works, and it it probably sent her a lot further back than anybody else, or into a much different circumstance. But she and just in, so happens. It and in fact, it might have only sent her back like a a few months before anybody else showed up. But it it changed her state. She turned into stone or something. Oh, I was thinking it was so far back that she was like one of the centerpieces of town or there's like some a whole society that's founded around like they think that she's a god of some kind. They found her her frozen body in the in the limestone thousands of years ago and then built a city state around it. Yeah, I uh, I think the city or rather the town of Kansas should have been built around several fixtures, her statue among them. It's probably pretty firmly attached to some kind of dais that is also itself firmly attached to the platform that it's floating on. So the church had to be built around it. Right. So maybe maybe that statue has been there for years and it has to have some kind of property that makes it worth worshiping. Maybe it freaking cries blood or something that everybody's favorite statues do. Of course. Although I can't think of a reason to worship a statue that cries anything less than like really good beer. Oh, is it is that kind of like a joke? It starts crying some sort of of like thick red liquid and somebody goes up and like licks it off the face and everybody's horrified. And they're like, it's black curd cordial or something like that. (laughs) This is pancake syrup. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a thick red oozing substance. Everybody is grossed out at first. But yeah, it's a. It's just like a really, really nice fruity. It's a fruity pancake syrup of some kind. This is definitely black currant. I know it because I was on Earth once. (laughs) And so so when we we get to town and we're kind of assuring these guys, like, don't worry, guys, somebody here is going to know something. They know all sorts of stuff. And halfway through that, they they gasp because they've seen the statue and they're like, Val? Yeah, we're we're, we have to lead them into the church all hushed. There's there's a bunch of cultists gathered around it. They're kneeling. They're collecting their syrup and and they're praying. And then and then the simps will gasp and loudly interrupt by all like cheering at once. Val. And then, of course, the cultists all turn in unison and lower their hoods with grumpy looking faces. So do they run over to try to like touch her or pull her down? Some some they try to cross a bound of some kind and then trip a security system or at least like raise the defenses of the the cultists who are there to create a conflict. Well, I imagine the cultists themselves are going to try to get stand as a physical barrier to the simps. There's got to be at least 10 guys in there and they're all all indignant like what did you call our deity? I don't I don't know if they'll be immediately thinking that they called her something funny, but they will definitely all be highly defensive because a bunch of newcomers have just been brought into their church and interrupted their little sacred syrup gathering. You desecrate the taste of... Oh, I was going to say of jam, but it's... (laughs) It's Valium. Oh, I like that. (laughs) The syrup is Valium. (laughs) And they are valiants. Do they have is the name Val associated with her or they're they're like they don't know what that word is? Would she have had maybe she has like a, a name take from the show? Yeah, she she must have had something on her that like a like a little bracelet with her name on it or something. They they know that this 
this statue either is of a person named Val or is referring to someone called Val. So I, I think it's appropriate and funny that they should be called the Valiants. I don't think you know what that word means. Because in the absence of Elrond, they cultists gonna cult, man. It's all they know how to do. And so they are either going to form like a body shield around the statue, or they're going to circle around the simps and us. Circle of protection, circle of protection. Yeah, I don't think they're going to cast any actual spells, but they're definitely going to body block us. Uh, also, they probably never dare say Val's name, so maybe you're right. Oh, you maybe they you are a little indignant. How dare you say her name? Maybe they are indignant. Nah, man, that's Val. I saw her just today. Are you the prophet? Oh, God. Now the simps are important. They know the one called Val. Hmm. Is there a way to twist that in? Are they important or is it a perceived thing? It's a perceived importance. They claim to have personally met Val. Nobody in this cult has ever done so that they know of. They're hanging out with her. She reads my donos. Which means that these simps, even in their incredibly limited interactions with her, because they are just simps, they're not actually her friends or anything, but... If the if they can convince the cultists that they actually knew her, then the cultists are going to elevate these guys and start asking him questions. And now that now the simps are at the center of attention, or or should it be they will simp for the simps? Well, I was going to say, should it be the other way around? Since they are simps who are simping, should Val have been found in some sense, or some version of Val, or uh, some some documentation or account of a story was told and she is a villain of, of some sort like she is she has found somebody else saved the their civilization from from val and these guys start showing up and she's depicted as some sort of devil or whatever and they start simping for her saying no 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 they they because i'm trying to do the 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 thoughtlessly defend thing like as a simp army tends to do yeah, but I don't know how Val did any of that while being petrified into a statue. Yeah, well, that's um, my idea was that it was just a story, but I don't know how you that would even. Oh, well, me. it could very easily just be a story. People make shit up and then tell it to other people who believe it's true. Oh, that if she's if that, she's if her statue has been here for a couple of generations, people could have made up any stories. The hero, the founder of the town, came across her body, and then in order, like they were some sort of cast out, like outcast from their 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 little village or whatever, uh, and then they they their camp or whatever they they find they find Val's body and say, "This is a witch, a demon. I I I slaughtered her, and I saved all of us." And they that person became a hero and the founder of the society because of that. I don't know. This is getting deep into it. So he he. He claims to have killed this body that he found and says that it's a witch in order to get acclaim and renown. Yeah, which he'd never had before. That's a story trope. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Then why is she made of stone? Well, she's a witch. I, I killed her and she turned I to stone. I spell on her, yeah. I killed her and she turned to stone. Witches don't just drop dead. They turn into stone. Well, yeah, you can make up any old thing. There's no witches around to, uh, what's the word? Corroborate? Yeah, there's... Uh, there's nobody around who can contest you. But it would be funny if it could. That, I mean, that could be a part of the script is like somebody in the village is like, what are you trying to say? The witch is blah, blah, blah. And he's like, have you ever seen a witch? Blah, blah, blah. No. Well, then which is blah, blah, blah. 
how do you know she's a witch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Churches? Because she weighs as much as a duck. Very good. Who are you who are so wise in the ways of science? And that, my lord, is how we know the earth to be... What is it? Pear-shaped? Banana-shaped. Oh, banana-shaped, yeah, yeah. <laughs> banana-shaped. <laughs> Those guys. Oh, one of the best transitions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Oh, maybe maybe I have too many instincts to be Python-esque because that's where I keep getting all of it. You have to know these sorts of things when you're a king, you know? <laughs> okay, so the cultists... Unlike the the village proper, the cultists are actually fairly new to the place. They came with Elrond, which was right. in the last year, more or less, even though time is not a fixed construct here. So they could have been here for a couple of years. It, even if the town is like 100 years old, that's enough time for generational gap in knowledge. Of course. So either... The rest of the townsfolk don't regard her as a witch anymore, or they do, and the people in the church have basically created a an antagonistic faction right within the town, and they just won't believe that anybody else could think she's a witch. But it, it gives them an opportunity to baselessly defend her against claims of being a witch. The rest of the town probably doesn't quite regard Val with the same religious reverence as these cultists. Oh, so the the cult the cultists are defending her against claims of witchdom. Yeah, and I think the simps probably would join in. Ah, so the simps want to join the cult after they see them. They're like, yeah, because I yeah I was I was figuring that they would come and find like depictions of like murals or something showing uh, Val as 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 a as a villain, and they would immediately start defending. And nobody in town is into it. But that's interesting. If there's already a cult who who is actively defending uh, actively defending val and then yeah yeah the are, like, i imagine kind of people i imagine the cult doesn't come out of the church very often because the rest of the people of town don't really get it you just don't get it your feelings for her are not real okay so i guess that does bring into it then so the cultists then so do the cultists hold them in high regard because they're like we know her we've talked to her she is she's seen our faces or whatever the, the claim is. And so does their mission become to like, how can we unfreeze the statue like resurrect her? Well, yeah, I, I think, well, well, here's the thing. Do the simps have a reason to think that that statue is Val or is it, do they think it's just a statue of Val with oh, removed from all other contexts? What would your conclusion be? That's a statue of Val, or that statue is Val. Remo removed of context, I would assume that's a statue. Nobody has any information or proof that it's a statue of Val or actually Val. So these guys would probably assume that it is a statue of her that just happens to leak syrup for no reason. But whatever, this place has beard beasts, so this isn't even the weirdest thing we've seen today. <laughs> exactly. In fact, they act, they have to have scare beards, which is like a scarecrow, which they have to put up in in fields to scare away beards from licking up the uh, the blackcurrant jam syrup, I should say. Oh yeah, it it definitely attracts beard beasts, but uh, I think I think there should probably be a little farm of like really weird corn that's actually made of ears. Oh, perfect! Yes, I like that. All of it. 
And so they need they need scare beards to scare away the beard beasts who want to eat the corn because this little town needs a little farm. I, I, I'm I'm all excited about making all sorts of creatures based on word plays. I want cockroaches, which is just the pixelated flesh colored beast. <laughs> just just vaguely penis shaped. Yeah. Including the balls. And it's just like it it leaps at people. Be careful. How does it jump? <laughs> Be careful of ticks. It's a check mark. Yeah, it's going to check your box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so oh, you had said something which made me think of story things, and now and then I made puns. Uh, well, was it is it a statue or a person? I yeah. So there was a few things that I, I my brain did. One was that like there's a limited. <laughs> it's the dumb thing where they she she has been alive inside that statue this entire time, and if they had realized that that was her inside the statue, then they could have saved her. But because they took so long just assuming it was a statue, she actually died while she was standing there watching them. I don't know why that I like those things, but that's unnecessary. I think she's in suspended animation. Yeah, uh, you're completely so, unaware of everything going on. Yeah. Either either completely unaware or mostly unaware, you know, in, in a sort of dreamy state. I mean, that that goes into the Val in time thing. She's frozen in time. Yeah, that's that's why I, I chose her to be petrified as a statue. Perfect. In this case, it is almost Val out of time. <laughs> so, so now I guess that I guess so. That is true. If you really think about it. So do do the Sims successfully join the cult or is there some sort of initiation or they don't want outsiders? The cult initially are reluctant to let them in, but these guys have firsthand information about Val and with no like these guys are skeptical at first, but these guys speak confidently enough about her and they're the way they blow smoke up her ass like they're they think they call her a goddess and all that shit because they're simping for her really hard. So oh, the do way they, they... Have, do they have signed feet pics? <laughs> I think they took feet pics. Okay, they have they have uh, uh, unauthorized feet pics. Yeah, they were they happen to have just been taken on set with cell phone cameras. One of them got Black caught. Market. One of them got caught and tossed into the hole. Oh, I like that. But they they have pictures of the sacred feet, and, and so they all unanimously start you know homer salivating over the feet pics so i guess does so now that they are kind of in cahoots together yes they they are successfully ingratiating themselves to the cult enough that they're they're being named initiates or novices or neophytes or whatever first tier basic entry does does the does this start to cause the what's the word like the, does this cause does this cause the influence of the cult to spread then like in the town does do they kind of start to take over are we are we going to create a new problem from this i actually think we are going to create a new problem but i don't think it's going to be that kind i think it's going to be this will almost immediately result in a schism within the cult it's just it, there's now enough people that there's there's enough of a population for there to have be two differing positions there there's now going to be like a divide Interesting. So they start splitting up into sects, but is it does it act, is there like any kind of actual like animosity and like violence between them? It's like I, I don't know if they have enough guys for violence, but they definitely have enough to split into two sects. One sect believes that this statue 
is not a statue, but is actually Val herself. And one thinks it's just a statue of Val and that they need to go on a pilgrimage to find the real Val. Oh, when when is there is there a single moment where they decide as a group like this is this is the last straw we are we are splitting into two groups. There's two Irish guys that are on each side. They like throw down. They're like, fuck, yeah. And and somebody rushes over like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this will be this will be, this will be civilized. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not that way. This is a peaceful faith. We almost never murder people. It, it, it uh, cut to it does the x-ray graphic. It, it slides down and it shows the unmarked graves under the church. Oh, yeah, I think that's necessary. There's probably just just a great big pile of skeletons in there and a couple yeah. of beard beasts. <laughs> beard beast skeletons? No, I think they're still living and they're picking the bones. Oh, OK, these things really need to be scary. It needs to bother everybody that we're so comfortable with putting them on our faces uh should we should we see what the crew is up to <laughs> should we pop over to the real world yeah yeah actually um when those when those guys say they 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 never murder anybody and then the camera pans down 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 below the floating platforms down to the the base ground and then down further where you see you see the mass grave and then you see like different layers of soil sediment and then it keeps going down and down and down until it gets black and then it keeps going down until it's in the night sky and then it's stars and now we've just done a scene we've just done a scene transition back to the real world i like that a lot and and now we have the crew who have parked the van yeah the van next to like a, a convenient little campsite so they've got they've got their little campsite going on and they're the camera pans down until we're looking at them gathered around a campfire and there's Stan roasting like a weenie over a fire. I don't I don't know if this is funny, but in my okay, I think this is funny. Do we throw it in where as the camera is doing the long pan through all the the different layers of the the sediment and the core and whatnot, at one point it passes a window and then it goes back to the window and it starts zooming in and there's like, I don't know, a little bug or a fox or an amoeba or something, and it's showering, and it notices the camera looking in, and it like sh- shuts the, 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 the curtains closed real quick, and then the camera keeps going. And then as Yeah, I, uh, I love that gag. I love those when that happens. Whatever it is, it needs to be like, maybe it should be like a tentacle monster or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something Lovecraftian, but apparently with very human sensibilities, and it like it has slams changed. the door in your face, and it yeah. gives you an angry look modesty sure. not shame right i guess so i was raised catholic modesty is shame <laughs> right there's no difference there uh, my mistake those are the same thing you're modest because you're ashamed and you're ashamed because you're modest i'm pretty sure that's how it works yeah I, well, I this, that's sinful this tentacle beast is modest and we the audience are ashamed for peeking <laughs> true so we move on and then then we pan down through the starlit sky and suddenly we're back in reality. Okay, beautiful. And yeah, they're they, we're in a campsite at night. It's cozy. They're having Yeah, a they they time. found a they found a fairly peaceful place where there's almost no, you know, hilarious violence or destruction or shenanigans occurring. The only thing that does happen is as they are about to like Stan is about to uh, lower a, a roasted, a toasted s'more into his mouth. It gets chaos out of existence. Like it winks away. It's it sprouts eyeballs and legs and it crawls <laughs> off the stick and runs away. Yeah. Oh, man. 
I was going to eat that. Do we have some more? No, we're all out. Yuck, yuck. I actually think that rather than give it up, Stan is going to chase it. Oh, and yeah, so he's like, going to oh, chase. He's going <laughs> he's gonna to chase it in circles for a while in the background while everybody who matters talks. And then we hear like an awful like snapping of bones and maybe like a little scream and it comes around and, and Stan just has marshmallow and chocolate all over his lips. Yeah, he uh, he sharpens he sharpens a stick into a spear and he chases it into a bush and you hear a <laughs> screech and then and then a yeah, <laughs> that's great. And he's got it. It didn't matter that it became a sap- a sentient organism of some kind. It's still a s'more. He's going to eat it. If rats tasted like s'mores, I mean, not just rats, but I mean, like squirrels, rabbits, anything. I'd be chasing around and killing them, too. Yep. Uh, rats are pretty clean. You just won't find any here. No, there is actually there is last I heard. There is a minor technicality to that is that you will find them here, except that legally they've been reclassified to ground squirrels. That would be a pretty Canadian way That's to do that. You know, be like, there are no rats here. That no, that's not no, a rat. That's, that's uh that's something else. That's uh that's a ground squirrel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I've got a mortar and pestle here, so I'm going to get you some ground squirrel. It's like ground squirrel, yes. Oh, I enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need one cup of ground squirrel. We stop at the mercantile. For to make this witch's brew. Yeah. Oh, is it a squirrel? <laughs> Ground squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, the tall witchy lady is the one behind the counter operating this this witch supply store. What do you call a Rocky with no legs? What do you call a Rocky with no legs? A ground squirrel. <laughs> I can't say the word. <laughs> he would be a it's ground squirrel. Joking, yeah. Where did squirrels come from? Why uh, are we talking about that? Ra- oh, rats and, and s'mores and yeah, because Stan hunted down a mutated s'more. But while he, while he's hunting it, Plato, Straight Woman, and Craig are discussing the the plans in the background because they're they're pretty much unanimously agreed that they need to get to that robotics lab in order to upgrade Craig properly, so that they have everything they need for an excursion to the outside. Not to do just to be able to better survive all of the shenanigans going on right here. Right. Um, do, do they do a little of exposition then? Because I like what you said for kind of keeping things canon. Do they say why it's important or like why they know that we need to go to this one back when Tucker had his um, limitless episode and he was building, doing all his cybernetics testing or whatever. He set up this lab and that's why we're heading here. Yeah, and and some of the schematics that were used to make Craig came from that lab, came from what was salvaged from the defeat of Tucker and Todd when they were limitless. But yeah, Tucker became a a world-class cyberneticist and roboticist in that time. So everything was cyberware and software and wear and tear. Tupperware? Tupperware. So if there's any place where they can get the firmware upgrade for Craig to enable him to use the full extent of his new body, it'll be there. Do they predict any resistance there? Are they going to be able to walk in and go, hey guys, we're, we know Tucker kind of thing? In my mind, it would go down something like this. The place is likely abandoned, but also full of automated defenses. 
Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, so, uh, automated defenses and also automated uh, like uh, maintenance, like Mr. Handys and whatnot. Yeah, like it, it's going to have artificial intelligence, probably one of Craig's ex-girlfriends. <laughs> How oh, she's actually against saving him. We have to like uh, convince her. He never called her again, so he she's really mad. She's holding a grudge. So in order to get in, Craig has to like be coerced into apologizing and understanding what he did wrong. But until then, all the automated defenses are active. Because the, the whole the whole point was automation, so there are no people there. It's just all mechanized systems run by software. Oh, it would be. Uh, there's a little part of me that wants to say the last. She's somebody who was into the last time she saw him. She saw him as a cardboard box, but now she's seen his glow up, and so she wants that apology. But also, actually, one of the conditions of once she receives the apology, it's one of those situations where you know the the trope of the guy complains about his ex complains. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, Ron. It's a uh, Ron. What's his name from the from Parks and Rec? Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson, yeah, him and his wife, the the whole I hate her and she's toxic and I want nothing to do with her. But once they're around each other, they're like magnetically attracted to each other kind of thing where to a destructive extent. <laughs> yeah, to a, it's not exactly that, but it's the kind of thing where he's like he's like, like he doesn't want to apologize because it was it was no good and it would be better, better if we could just move on. And no, she was in the wrong. I was right. But then as soon as he apologizes there, to, I've been wanting to give Craig a girlfriend that actually sticks with him. And it would be kind of funny to me if this is how we did it. He apologizes. Oh, now they're, now they're so, together. So they properly so. reconcile and then downloads herself into a body and comes with us. Yeah. That'll be handy. I think so. Oh, wait a minute. She's G-Arc. Interesting. In what sense? Well, we've never really properly introduced G-Arc. We just joked about him. Could be a she now. Yeah, but I guess so. Instead of getting her own body, maybe she downloads into Craig's body and they now just share it. Ah, I like that. And and she, because I'm I'm playing her as the manipulative kind of psycho girlfriend. We're doing psycho girlfriend trope. I know we're not supposed to do psycho girlfriend trope anymore, but we're doing it. She's a robot, so fuck you. And so she's playing it as <laughs> I'm inside I'm inside your body with you and now we can be together forever kind of thing. Poor Craig. Yeah, he secretly likes it. He's a uh, masochist. Masochist? A sadist? What's the one? A masochist. He's, he's a masochist. He's He's secretly glad that he's no longer alone in there. Yeah, he's a glutton for punishment. When things are good, they're real good. Right. Okay, so, so that's that's Giark. Who knew? Yes, that's where Giark comes from. And it turns out Giark is more reliable in terms of uh, editing and processing audio files. It's true. But they're they're discussing the nature of their plan at this campfire. They probably are aware that due to the the nature of the place that there won't be any people there but it's still not likely to be safe it's still probably full of killer robots and shit so they're probably doing their thing where they they plan some super sneaky thing and they use craig to download some partial schematics of the building oh i like that and they're pointing so he they, he downloads it and it's displayed on his face they're pointing at different points on the map and it tickles he's giggling <laughs> Gonna, we're going to have to turn off his tactile sensitivity. The haptic feedback. Yeah, or at least turn it down. I think he's getting excited. He's getting a little buzzed. His dongle is starting to rise. <laughs> like the mailbox. Yeah, 
it it shoots up. Whoop, you've got mail. Fucking AOL. He, he really needs an update. update. He's all embarrassed. Oh, that's funny. AOL. He really does need an update. Not not that we're afraid of being anachronistic. Somewhere in the in the studio, there's a freaking old fashioned rotary phone. There's a little bit of everything. Um, with regards to, okay, so they're making this plan when they get to the facility, are they going to meet like a, like a, a ballistic defense? Yes, there are definitely active security systems. Oh, there, um, sorry. When the crew gets there, uh, they are immediately kind of like in the crosshairs of this security system. And so they have to stay undercover, but they're greeted by the voice of the girl saying like, who's out there and then the voice of craig says is that you and she's like craig and that's when it's like if you apologize then i'll get the security to stand down or did they have to employ some kind of plan well they're definitely making a plan at the campsite they're tickling craig as they do of course they've they've chosen their their best method of entry they think they know where there's you know like a power cable here uh, an ethernet cable there disable cameras here this, that, and the other thing. Like they're they're coming up with a comprehensive plan because Plato and straight women really like doing that. And Tucker and Todd aren't here to ruin it, so they assume it might work. Oh, I guess that is also funny if they make a plan and then perfectly execute it and everything goes well and they're kind of like standing there way faster, done way is done way faster than they thought it was going to, and they're looking around waiting for something to go wrong and they're like, Oh, it's amazing how we can actually get things done without those guys. Yeah, I actually I actually kind of like that a lot. And it seems to me like this spiteful AI might actually let them in and let them get that far and think that they've won just to be like, are you guys done? And then like engage all the, the blast doors and stuff. Now you have to stay with me forever. The trick was never getting inside. The trick is getting back out. You think I'm locked in here with you? You're locked in here with me. Precisely. So yeah, it it uh, it does strike me as appropriate that their plan works perfectly, and they would they would be like, oh, it's amazing how quick and easy everything is without the boys around. Are you sure we have to go get them? Just as they're about to convince themselves not to come and help us at all, uh, GARC activates the security, and then of course, as soon as the blast door starts shutting, everybody looks to Stan. Be like, what did you touch? And he's just standing there doing nothing. I didn't touch playing, anything. Playing with his s'more. Yeah, he's got another one. Where he's did you get one it? In, in a jar. <laughs> it's a live one. It's his pet. Occasionally, it has s'more babies, and he eats those. Oh, that's great. It lays, <laughs> it, no, it it lays Cadbury chocolate eggs. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, like why wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, he's he's now keeping it as a supply. It's a source. Just so the, feeds it. So the thing starts blaring, like you're getting meh, meh, meh. No, no lockdown, like a uh, voice dialogue yet. And so they're panicking. You get the the stand. What did you do? Line, um, comedy, comedy, comedy. And then the the AI voice, <laughs> <laughs> the voice comes on. Comedy, comedy, comedy. Let's just <laughs> speed on through that. Come on, pitter patter. Lazy writing. Roll, roll, I roll that. Him. Yeah, comedy, comedy, comedy. <laughs> insert um, laughs here <laughs> exactly i'm setting my intentions is what i'm doing yeah um, so uh craig craig oh, is is busy or yeah craig is uh currently trying to connect himself to whatever module he needs to to upgrade himself so he's not doing anything 
Okay, I was gonna say the 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 they're saying Stan what happened, and then that's when the the Giark voice starts happening. And and does Craig have a hey I recognize that voice moment? Is Craig even online? Ah, yeah. So he he's plugged in. Hmm. So does he wake up at the last moment? Then the 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 AI is threatening the other characters, and they're not really sure how to get out of this pickle. But then Craig comes online and goes, Giark. Oh, I know how it works. He's plugged himself in and he's gone offline in order to begin or at least prepare the update. Then the sassy teen girl voice is the AI, because I really like that one. That That's definitely going to explain where Craig gets his sassy teen girl voice from. Okay. Just way after the fact for some reason. So this is the Giark voice? Yeah, sassy teen girl. Okay. I It's just too funny to me. And I think that's exactly the voice for the villain we need right now. If she's going to be a psycho girlfriend, she needs to be a sassy teen girl voice. I think that works. So she, yeah, she immediately turns off the siren and addresses everybody. And she's like, what do you all think you're doing? Like, are you guys done? And then she cancels whatever process Craig is doing. It's just like, pew, like flashes on his screen, like red, canceled, rebooting. So he's he's going to be coming back online as he was without an upgrade, which will give him an opportunity to wake up and then hear Giark. Okay. Like he wakes up all kind of out of it. Like, did it work? Does he know that he wanted an upgrade? Yes. He's like, did it, did it work? How do, how do I look? And so were were they, were they exes? So she's standing and she's like, Hey, sweetie kind of thing. Does she know that? I think, I think she doesn't know what he looks like. She doesn't know what he looks like. So, he recognizes her voice and then speaks up and she recognizes his voice. So he's like, Giark? Craig? What are you doing here? You never called me again. What are you doing back here? Implying he's ever been here before. Right. But they, they have their little tiff. And then she's like, it doesn't matter anyways. You're all staying with me now. Surely there can be something must be can be done. I can't talk. <laughs> Surely there must be something can be done. But yeah, she she let them all in so that she could lock the doors behind them and keep them there because she's bored because sassy teen girl. And so ultimately is the the compromise to let everyone out the doors is for her, them to let her into Craig or does she just insert herself in Craig and go like, you're stuck with me now? No, Craig has to lower his firewall or whatever. But yes, that will be the compromises in order for her to let them go. They have to take her with them. It's so boring here. You have to take me with you. We don't have another body, and apparently this entire facility doesn't have the spare parts. Or maybe it does, but she lies and says that it doesn't so that they have to put her in, Craig. That seems like a very psychotic girlfriend thing to do. You have to put me in there with him. Ugh, I got disconnected. I think G-Arc did it. Why did G-Arc do it? It's so boring here. You have to take me with you. We're soulmates. We're soulmates. That's nightmarish. <laughs> But but before we reach any agreement, we need to have like an escape attempt so we can see all of the automated defenses at, at work. Oh, interesting. So like uh, all the, the as they they go running for one of the doorways and it's slammed shut. They go running for another doorway and it's slammed shut. It's it's like uh, Saruman's tower all over again. Yeah. And then she opens one and then they go running for it and it slams shut. Oh, we, we we recreate the scene from the end of Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, the 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 gates. Yeah, and then uh, 
And then she does open one path, but it happens to have like all these like killer robots and and they all, they all have saws for hands and stuff. Like it's just like unnecessary and excessive and they're all over the place. And then like the a trap door opens up in the floor showing a spike pit and then like lasers come out of the walls and flamethrowers come out of the ceiling and this, that and the other thing. And everybody just turns back and they're like, all right, what do you want? Because she already has a deal in mind because she's crazy. Take me with you. Oh, does she have a little uh, like a? she has a psycho moment? They go, OK, what do you want? And she very like sincerely with like big like anime doe eyes says like to have real feelings. And everybody's kind of like, what? And she's like, nah, <laughs> and she laughs it off. Oh, the 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 big screen in the room has her digital face on it. Right. She needs to have a slightly digital, a slightly different digital face from Craig so that there's a visual identifi- identifier for when G-Arc is active and when Craig is active. So whatever oh. face we put on the big screen that she uses is going to be the one that Craig keeps later. It'll be Craig's face with eyelashes. That's how that works. Yeah, I think that works. <laughs> just just very feminine eyelashes. And that's that's cartoons. And maybe like a a little bow comes out of a compartment on the top of the head. Oh, that's fun, too. Yeah. Just like a go, go gadget, little pink bow. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. So the the one thing that she wanted, I I think there was also probably a moat with like a a robotic shark jumping through a flaming hoop or whatever that whole thing. Yes. And as soon as as soon as a robotic shark lands back in the water, it gets dismantled by a bunch of robotic piranhas. (laughs) <laughs> and then like out of a conveyor belt a new shark shows up escalate the danger there's always a bigger fish or in oh, this case many fish. smaller fishes that eat the bigger fish well since we saw oh i guess i was gonna say the the fish thing but that was with the the beard so i was gonna say we somebody starts saying there's always a bigger and they get cut off saying yeah we know <laughs> that's perfect though even though these guys weren't part of it oh, they should be kind point. of like meta aware that we've already told that joke Everybody gets it. Yeah. 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 I think we get it. Thanks. Maybe G-Arc says it. <laughs> and so it, the condition it does seem very getting... sassy. Yes. The condition the condition for everybody getting out is that they take her with them. Fine. What, what do you want? I want you to take me with you. Is that really the only thing? Is that the only way out? You're kind of dangerous. That's the deal. That's the deal. You have everything to lose. I think that is exactly the kind of chilling thing that she would say. So they agree, and then Stan will pro- it'll probably be Stan. He says, "All right, go ahead, bring bring your body out here, and we'll download you and take you too." And she she lies and says, "Up oh, there, there are no bodies for me. There are no spare parts." And we just like point to like a a, a wall full of empty, unprogrammed robot chassis. And she's like, "Nope, those don't work. Those are busted. Maintenance." Whatever it is, she needs to have a small line of excuses for why she needs to go into Craig's body. Yeah, like, uh, what are they called? Like, unreasonable excuses? Unfounded excuses? Yeah, like those perfectly good robot bodies over there? Nope, they don't, uh, they don't work with my, my software. Hey, couldn't you do A, Y, or Z? And she's like, yeah, but not on weekends. Like, those. (laughs) I don't have admin privileges. (laughs) Yeah, just flimsy excuses. And so the in the process of downloading her into Craig's body, because everybody eventually relents because they can't deal with robot piranhas that shoot fire and all these lightning guns and spikes and saws everywhere. 
They need to get out of here. They can't just subsist on Stan's new pet. So, of course, they agree. And in the process of, of downloading GARC into Craig, he gets his whole firmware upgrade and all that because, I mean, that's what we came for. We can't leave without it. And now oh, they're, I guess they're both could, in there. We could make a reference to that. Like as he's downloaded, as as the firmware, not the firmware, as as she is downloading into him, he makes con- like there's a notification or whatever. Like, oh, I got a firmware upgrade. And somebody makes a comment like, oh, yeah, that's what we came for. Oh, yeah, that seems I I think that's a straight woman thing. Oh, yes. The thing we came here for. <laughs> a good point. Yeah. I. Uh, the the very the very thing ah, that yes. compelled us to come to this terrible place. Oh yes, the only reason we're here, yeah. And so now that uh, G Arc is downloaded into Craig, she immediately gets locked out of the system, and everything is still dangerous. Oh oh no! Either that or well, yeah, she's no longer in direct control of the mainframe. She can't. She's no longer wired into it, so she has to go like to a, a panel somewhere and deactivate the security systems and then rig this whole place to self-destruct. So does that mean now that she's inside Craig's body, does she get to take over his consciousness at any moment? Uh, they, It's probably going to have to be like Bitcoin mining where they have a really complex uh, equation to solve to see who gets to be in charge. <laughs> so they, he's got a really beefy uh, GPU. That would be funny if it was um, somebody at one point asked him how that all works. Like, how does she? And he says, well, it's similar to Bitcoin. There's a very difficult, complex equation to solve. And they're like, like what? And it's literally one of the skill testing questions on a lottery ticket. (laughs) (laughs) They have so much processing power dedicated to other things that they can barely scrape any together to answer this tiny question. So it takes hours. And there's like a 24 hour lockout. Well, I, I thought you were a supercomputer. And it's like, we have our limits. <laughs> I answered incorrectly and I got locked out for 24 hours. I obey all lockouts. She downloaded Bonzi Buddy. What's that? It's basically a computer virus. I was about to Google it. Now I'm not going to, I think. Oh, well, you can find, you can still read his Wikipedia article. Imagine if that's how, how viruses work. You just search it and now you have it. <laughs> Uh, it's it's almost like a tulpa. If you think about it, you create it. If you if you search for it, if you even think about it, your computer now has a virus. And that's how my grandma thought computers worked. Yeah, it uh, it doesn't. You have to activate it. Not only do you have to download it, you have to activate it. But uh, Craig has to allow Giarc to take command of the body, and she uses a couple of his brand new fancy schmancy activated abilities that the firmware allowed them to access to you know flip open a panel and deactivate all the all the security measures and activate the facility's self-destruct thing because now that it no longer has a caretaker it's way too dangerous for anybody to have the only problem is she gave us 30 seconds to leave a large building why'd you set it for 30 seconds i i didn't i guess i didn't think about that i thought you were a supercomputer those are the only increments programmed into the engine or whatever it just she's never had legs before, so it didn't occur to her that it would take time to run. Oh, yeah, that's funny. So everybody has to fucking leg it out of there. And they naturally they're just barely going to make it. And the explosion is just about to actually reach them before a wormhole opens up and swallows the whole thing. Oh, the whole building. 
the 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 entire like blast wave and detonation in progress and whatever's left of the building it all gets swallowed up into the wormhole and there's just like a small crater there so is the whole does that mean the whole building is conveniently going to the outside then yes and a good amount of the fire is probably being put out and now we've just unleashed a technological terror on the outside whoops the self-destruct sequence didn't manage to fully destroy everything in there so there's some sort of clone army or whatever there's probably going to be some random wandering kill robots and like self-replicating machine piranhas. They're going to start competing with the beard beasts. Oh, they, uh, what is the word? They, they get absorbed into each other or something like that. It's like Narnia. Oh, instead of being an invasive species, they actually get assimilated. Yeah. The outside assimilates everything. That's just how that place works. Right. Not, there is no out competing it. Yeah, it eats you. So they become furry little beard piranhas. Yes, that's that's probably exactly what happens. Everything everything becomes kind of like clockwork organisms. Oh, does do we set that up earlier? So when the one the, when the bigger fish in the outside does eat the the beard the beard beast, does it assimilate and become somewhat beard like? Like, is everything kind of a uh, what is it a uh, Kirby of itself? Oh, interesting. Does that mean that the townsfolk are becoming ear-like for eating the corn? Oh, or does I it only work on, like, what's regarded as a native yeah, organism? Yeah, native organisms. Uh, 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 endemic species. Anything that's been there long enough just becomes endemic, yeah. So in another generation or two, these settlers will start turning into whatever they eat. I guess so, yeah. That's going to suck. I mean, that, that could be a case that we... Uh, document with our twilight zone series that it could be a premise these people you, you I mean, are, you are what, what you eat, eat. <laughs> oh or those people okay so do you want to follow the explosion through the wormhole or do you want to just let it blip out and then have everybody kind of will end the episode in reality which is oh actually no we already have an ending don't we we have to go back to the sim show yeah, I do. I think it's better if that moment ends with a little bit of a cliffhanger of like, oh, where did it go? Well, they kind of saw where it went. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, whoa. And then this is the moment where like you just hear crickets because somebody's supposed to say that seems highly unlikely, but there's <laughs> nobody there to say it. So it's just like crickets. Uh, could that be like the stupidest, like the uh, an inside meta joke that almost nobody gets is that the 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 moment happens and then the the camera pans over to just like a blank spot and then there's just silence. just empty space where it's, Tucker's it, supposed to be standing. Yeah, and then there's a there's like a couple there's a moment there's a beat and then there's a rim shot. So like there was a joke a rim shot or a laugh track. Like there's something in the editing to show that there was a joke. But the person that wasn't there to say it. <laughs> error joke not present. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the laugh track plays. Oh, maybe the laugh track plays out of Gearc, but like on the screen, it's got like a little error joke not found. Yeah, something like that. But it plays the laugh track anyway. And and so then now... and then and then that's a safe place to kind of go black on that and go back to the sh the contestant. I might have I might have misunderstood. So were was was the crew and Gearc not in the fact in the building when it got blooped into the outside, or are they they're all in? No, they they managed to get out. Oh, okay. But the ex, the billowing explosion and blast wave was just about to reach them. Like they did not escape far enough and fast enough. And the only reason they survived is because 
the wormhole swallowed up the remainder of the explosion so so that it never actually got to them. Okay, I get it. So it saved their asses. But just barely. Just barely. And then that's and then they all kind of stare in stunned silence. And then that's the moment where the camera will pan to that empty space. And on GR's screen, it will be like error, joke not found. And then the laugh track plays. And then the laugh track can dissolve. It can fade into another audience like sound effect of like cheering or whooping as we go to the studio audience of that rejoining the, the, the TV show. Oh, that's perfect. Instead of instead of like a visual continuity transition, it's an audio continuity transition. We we then actually go to the actual studio audience who were laughing. Yeah. And there's Chris Hansen saying, have, have a seat over here. And then the, uh, the studio audience laughs again because ah, ha, 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 he said that on Dateline to creeps <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. Internet. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Why don't you have a seat? Yeah, we we totally catfished and then made a public spectacle of these guys who were definitely creeps. But at the same time, we definitely profited from catfishing them. <laughs> it was a good racket. It was a great racket and it made so many good memes. So please have a seat over here, young sir. And then it's and then thus follows the interview where we have to explain to this guy that he didn't actually win a girlfriend. That's he, funny. He, if it he is. won like a little shitty cash prize. It's it's posed as an interview question of like, so how does it feel to know that you didn't actually win her as a prize? And the guy's like, what? He's like blindsided. Oh, I. Hmm. Does he ask that or does he just like, how does it feel to have won, you know, the actual prize that you get? And he's like, wait, what? What about Val? And he's like, what about Val? That way it becomes a whole conversation. Right. OK. Yeah. How does it feel to have won a million dollars? Oh, one of the other contestants is overhearing. He comes into the frame. He's like, yeah, what about Val? I think all the other contestants got swallowed up by the wormhole. Oh, so is it is just the one guy is left? I thought I was kind of. Like, yeah, like a it was three. it was actually a last man standing situation. Oh, so he feels like definitely it's even more satisfying if you're like, I'm the victor. Yeah, he's he not only did he win Val, he won being able to live another day. Never mind that those other guys didn't die. They're still hanging out They're They're now in a simp cult. Right. But this guy's like, how does it feel to be a, a millionaire? He's like, it feels great. I can't wait to share my winnings with Val. What? Why would you do that? Well, I want I to I wanna, I wanna donate it to her on her Twitch stream and then use the <laughs> other half to, to buy us a house to live in together. She, live with you? She has a boyfriend. Whole crowd gasps. What? And he's here now. Yeah, he was wondering where the hell Val is because she's gone. So he's like, where the hell is Val? And then he, a fight breaks out and he like pushes the cameraman and then he's like, stop filming this. Where's Val? He finds that, out that, that she's she's gone into the, the vortex and then just like it's going to be like the end of the Holy Grail where the, the, the entire production gets briefly shit canned. Oh, does it get shit canned because of I mean, I guess it is the last episode. Is it is it is there's just panic on the set as the camera starts kind of like becoming shaky and light like light stands are getting knocked over and people are causing a mild panic and then it just cuts to black. This this one guy is basically just he's just making a a Christian Bale scene on the set (laughs) and he's but he's knocking over lights and he knocks over the camera. And that's when it goes to black. He's like, where's Val? Are you filming this right now? And then that's when you get the hand into the camera thing and it goes black. That's perfect. That's good. 
he's a nice guy. <laughs> we are done professionally. <laughs> and then that's probably a, a hilariously inappropriate place to end the episode, which means that's what I want to do. Pretty much I, nobody, nobody gets nothing actually gets addressed. I, I like it a lot. I like that it is is uh, a little bit separate from our usual whatever formulas we tend to use. Also, we demonstrated absolute mastery over transitions this scene. I think, was that our first audio transition that we've ever come up with? Yeah, I think so. All of the others have just been visual transitions. Well, I so I, I guess I guess visually, that's actually just going to be a smash cut. It just yeah, I guess it would be. Perfect. Just the, the more abrupt, the better. And I, th- I think that leaves our story kind of exactly where I wanted it to be. Yeah, except now we have a, an entire simp cult and they've just developed a schism. So we get to have fun with that later. Oh, maybe this is, could this have something to do, uh, I'm not going to say spoilers, but foreshadowing. Do, the, do their, uh, their schism and their sects have something to do with the alphabetical order and the uh, chronological order? Oh, I'm actually pretty excited to bring them in. Uh, I I don't know if they will be the, the same, but that might be part of the genesis of it because the alphabetical order basically wants to undo time. Right. Because they no longer want all of these events to be set in chronological order. So they've, they'll call it the great ordering. They're going to try and change everything. And I mean, being that Val was frozen in time, there's a way that I'm sure that we could figure out a way for that to be a catalyst, but it could just be a parallel of some kind. Who knows? Anyways, I'm well, I think... the uh, the alphabetical order and the chronological order probably come from the future. The alphabetical order has to go back in time to start screwing around with events to set to forcibly set them into alphabetical order instead, which means that they can be like a, a far in the future offshoot of this. These two sects. I guess so. Yeah, very That's easily. Yeah, the the alphabetical order splits off as sort of like a a, a a Lutheran a Lutheran interpretation of of the scripture or whatever, and then the 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 chronological order pops up to try to be like the 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 time traveling police. Yeah, they're the chronological order guys. Just they want to preserve the timeline. The alphabetical orders want to reorder it to be alphabetical. That's so funny. But we'll catch up with that and try to figure it out later. Yes, I think this this cast is complete. This is a cast uh, and now it is an X cast. And now Craig is currently G-Arc. Yeah, that's true, too. G-Arc or G-Arc? I guess it's interchangeable. And I guess that means that G-Arc will sign off this episode as well. Yeah, maybe it should be G-Arc so she can be GG. Oh, okay. I'll do that. That's perfect. Yep. She's Gigi is because I honestly don't really like that word. Yeah. So she'll be like, call me Gigi. And we're like, oh, perfect. We've been trying to come up with something for that forever. Yeah. Giarc is so mouthy. Cumbersome. It is cumbersome. But Gigi will sign us off. Yeah. In fact, you know what, Gigi? Uh, thanks for doing such a great job recording tonight. This has been the Tucker and Todd cast hosted by me, Todd, and my friend. Tucker, uh, I'm sorry if that was a little high energy and enthusiasm. I'm I'm glad to have Gigi. <laughs> Gigi is uh, what is the word? Invigorating. Yeah, we're just going to tuck that away for later. I didn't get to say that was highly unlikely, so I had to pick a catch line somewhere. I guess so. Anyway, uh, good night, everybody. Before we overstay our welcome. We're Tucker and Todd. This was our podcast. Have a good night. Good night. This is Gigi signing off. Like, comment and blow your mom.